0: The yes. earth Welcome to the Tippies podcast.
1: If you heat your house, the temperature will go up. If you also isolate the house better, the temperature will rise again. Not because you added more heat, but simply because the heat takes longer to escape the house. In current times, we're doing exactly that to the earth isolating it better. We know temperatures will rise approximately one and a half to four and a half degrees, but it would be nice to reduce the uncertainty and know more precisely how warm is it going to be if we double the amounts of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. You're working with that. Anna van der you your professor at the Institute of Marine and Atmospheric Research at the University of Utrecht, and not using climate models for predictions, but for simulating past climate. You're analyzing the climate from the past to find out how the climate today will respond to the doubling of the CO2?
0: Yes, that's actually what I do, because in the past, so many different um, situations have occurred that it, it would be well, it wouldn't be wise to not look at it, what what the climate system can do, actually. Right? That's the idea behind that, that we can learn from the past what has happened in the past, that we can learn what, what might happen in the future and understand also why it happens.
1: Mm-hmm. Because we're in a different situation climate-wise today than back then, so we yes. don't really know what's going to happen. We don't know our situation, you might say, or what.
0: Well, we, we, we know our current situation, but we also know that, say... If 10,000 years ago it, it was much colder on earth and there were large ice sheets for example so and there have a, a whole sequence of these ice ages before in the past right so in fact there has been sort of an, a variation between a very cold glacial climate and a more warmer one that we are in now so in that sense huge changes in, in terms of climate have occurred and of course we would like to understand them uh, because we can learn how to predict what what will happen in the future. Now I was talking about colder climates. That's not what's happening now, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a bit. Uh, but the problem is that if we want to study climate that is much warmer than today, we need to go back in time quite a long time, and there are less data. But there is still something known about it. So mm-hmm. it would be even more interesting to study these climates, and that's what we also also do actually. Yeah. But is it not so that if you double the
1: amount of CO two in the, the atmosphere, atmosphere, that a certain thing happens? Is, is that dependent on what time it happened and where you where we were in history?
0: Yes, that's that's the interesting thing that that turned out more recently that it does matter where you start from. So when you start in a in a very cold climate um, with lots of sea ice, for example, and lots of land ice sheets, and you double the CO two concentrations, then Um, different things happen than now. For example, all the sea ice will melt very quickly. Um, There might be changes in in clouds and and all other kinds of things. While today, we are in a state with much less sea ice, um, different kinds of clouds, and if we double CO2 then, there are different physical processes that occur. Mm. Are you then
1: looking for similar passages in in Earth's history? Uh, Something that can be Related to our times, or are you simply trying to find out what is what is the rule, the golden rule for what happens when you double the amount of CO two in the atmosphere, depending on whether we're in on a cold climate or in a warm yeah. climate, and so on?
0: Um, well, I, th- I think for a long time the idea has been that we look in the past for analogs of the present day climate, and then study how, how these behave. But the problem is that this is, there, there is no real analog in the past. Because if you go back in time much further, then you find maybe climates that are similar warm as today or in the, f- in the near future. But then also other things have changed, right? The continents have moved. And, and so they, th- there is no real analog to that. So that's why I think the strategy more is to to understand the physical processes that are at hand in these warm climates and then try to estimate what what might be most relevant for the future from that.
1: So first you have to find out how was the climate back then and then you have to try and model it. So so the first step, how do you do that?
0: Well, the first step we did was to take a um, rather long record of, of an estimate how the global mean temperature and how the CO2 concentration has evolved over the last 800,000 years. And this is a this is a very long record, and we have this because there are um, ice cores from Greenland and from Antarctica that really cover these um, these very long periods. And and they have
1: small bubbles of uh, of the atmosphere from then and stuff like that. You you, you yes. find and they have proxies of uh, how cold it was on on the well, Greenlandic exactly. ice sheet. So
0: they ha- they, ha- they have proxies for um, the the atmospheric temperature basically on the ice sheet. And they have uh, little air bubbles and, and other proxies for the CO2 concentration. Yes. Well, the, for the temperature, the problem is, of course, you only measure the the atmosphere, the, the polar temperature, right? So you have to translate that to something. That yeah. resembles the global mean temperature. Yeah. That's what we're interested in. That, yeah. That's already quite a quite a task. You can mm. you can estimate it only, and for that usually you need models because you need to understand how what relation there is between the polar and equ- equatorial temperatures, for example. Um, so once you do that, you find a long time series of temperature and a long time series of CO two, and then you can start looking at the climate sensitivity from that mm-hmm. and what what turns out there is that the the sensitivity is very different in the cold climates than in the warm climates so that's what i just explained mm-hmm. that you have different processes uh, so you had to I go, go
1: further there. back and so those are yeah. different data
0: well if you if you go further back then you might find a climate that is warmer than today that that's what we actually want right but then there are much less data, there are different data, the, the ice cores don't go further back basically and um, so we need to rely on ocean sediments and, and much more unreliable proxies for that and also much less points in space So um, and in time also, uh, temporal we don't have this, this nice temporal resolution, but still we can get a reasonable estimate of say uh, mostly ocean temperatures for different periods over the last, say, 65 million years. So it, it's not that there, we don't know nothing, but it, it becomes much more difficult in terms of analysis what really plays a role there. And that's, I think, where the modeling comes in, that, the, say, the, the the same models that are now being used for future prediction, they are being used to simulate a climate that was 30 or 40 million years ago, which was much warmer than today and try to see whether these models are able to to match what we see from the data mm. uh,
1: if you listen to this uh, you might hear people uh, in the background and doors slamming and stuff like that it's because uh, uh, Anna von der and I was sitting outside the Institut Henri Poincaré in Paris uh, because of a TIPIS meeting in there and you're part of this TIPIS project of course and uh, so we're outside and that's the reason for the Strange place we're <laughs> we're in, uh, but anyway. Okay, so have you been able so to then with these models to try and pinpoint this uh, this uh, equilibrium temperature, the sensitivity of the climate, more precisely than these 1.5 to 4.5 degrees from a doubling of uh, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere?
0: Well, unfortunately, we have not yet been able to to reduce the the spread, but what at least we have done so far is we have collected everything that is known from both data and models of the climate of the last 65 million years and estimated numbers related to the the cl- climate sensitivity from that and it was already quite a quite a success and quite a surprise that the spread of these numbers was about the same as what the IP saw, the one and a half, two and the four and a half degrees, was very similar. And initially we had expected that the spread would be huge because there is so much uncertainty on the data, but it was not. So it it, it is the same. But of course the next step now is to try to understand whether we can reduce the uncertainty on that. I'm not sure it, 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 this is eventually possible, but I think what we have already learned is that it's not only the... The, what we would classically call an uncertainty, the measurement uncertainty. It is, there is something in the, in the spread of the climate sensitivity that is intrinsic to the system. And part of it is probably the fact that in some climates the sensitivity is lower than in others. Right? That also distrib- produces a distribution. So if we if we can separate those two uncertainties, then then we would be a step further.
1: Well, but you already separated the cold type of climate and the warm type of climate. Yes. You, you found different sensitivities, uh, different uh, a doubling of CO two will will lead to different temperature rises in these two yes. th- in those two scenarios.
0: Yes, and the, the worrying thing is that we actually found that in the cold climates um, there is less warming per doubling of CO two mm-hmm. than in the warmer climates. And now if we go to even warmer climates, we don't know, but it, it might be that there is even more sensitivity to that. So that, that, yeah, but we still need to further quantify that. That's not yet, we are not yet there. TIPIS. The TIPIS Project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation the Programme Project. and a grant agreement number 820970.